Hey everybody, welcome to the How to Start a Business and Keep Going Even When It's Hard podcast, the longest name in entrepreneurial podcasting. I am your host, Neil Tucker, and today we have a very, very special treat. Our first interview guest, Zach Zorn, who is the CEO and founder of Money Nomad, moneynomad.com. He has become a trusted business peer for me over the course of the last six months and actually helped me to sell my very first business, which if you've been listening to this podcast, you know I talked about at length on the previous episode. Today, we will get to hear from the man himself about how he does it and how he is able to be consistently successful with all of his entrepreneurial and blogging pursuits and business pursuits and even yacht selling pursuits, yes, yachts, over time. Listen in because there are so many golden nuggets here that you are not going to want to miss. Hey, Zach, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, Neil, thanks for having me. It's a real privilege to be on with you. We are so excited to have you. Um, I don't know if I told you this, you're actually our number one first guest. Uh, You did it. Yes, so we're very, very excited to have you on. Well, thank you. It's an honor to be the first one. So thank you very much. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <clears throat> for our for our listeners, um, Zach and I uh, have worked together. Um, Zach uh, helped me broker um, the sale of my my very first business sale, um, which finally went through yep. just very yep. recently. Um, so it's super exciting. And Zach led the way with. Um, professionalism and empathy <laughs> for me trying to figure it all out the whole way through so um anyway so yeah so officially formally on the record thank you so much <laughs> well and thank you for the opportunity to work together i know it took a little bit longer than we both anticipated but you stuck with it and we were able to get it sold and you got your money and the buyer's stoked so oh awesome I, I, good i think all is good Good, 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 good. I'm, I'm, I'm also especially happy to hear that that the buyer is, uh, is stoked about, you know, taking on the the business and growing yeah. the project. So I'm excited to see where they take it. Well, I hope if you ever build up another business or website, you can come to me and we can sell it again. Oh, and do of course. I'm gonna say absolutely. You know who I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Um, well, let's get started. I would love uh, for you to start just by maybe sharing a little bit of your journey and. Yeah. Um, how you, uh, you know, transitioned from, I think you maybe got started in blogging and how you transitioned into an online business broker and, and maybe a little bit about like how you divide your time between the two. Yeah, absolutely. So in 2016 into 2017, I found Empire Flippers, who's, who's probably the biggest broker of online businesses, uh, currently. And I bought a content website through them for $50,000. I had really no formal website experience, but I knew I wanted to make money online and I didn't want to build something from scratch. I jumped right in, bought a content website and learned, I guess, all the intricacies that come with running a website and monetization and traffic, SEO, all of that. I actually sold the website four months later or so because the value had increased, but I learned everything that I needed to. So I'm like, okay, cool. I can make some money on the sale. And I learned perfect. In doing that really opened my eyes to, okay, there's a lot of websites making money and different ways you can make money in the digital space. So I had a little bit of cash left over from the sale of that content website, which led me to buy Money Nomad, which is the website you interacted with Subsequently, Money Nomad has expanded to the Money Nomad Marketplace, which I'll get into, uh, but it's all built on the finance entrepreneur website of Money Nomad. Right, right, right. During all of this, I was I was also starting a career as a yacht broker. Um, so I've been a yacht broker for nine years. I sell yachts, ships, things of that nature. Um, and Empire Flippers approached me in late 2019 and they basically said hey we know that a we like you you know i've had interactions with them we know you do the yacht sales and we have an underserved community of call it the sub eighty thousand dollar um business that they were unable to serve just because of their size 
And they said, hey, can you take over basically the online businesses under 80,000 and broker them on our behalf? So they came in, they bought a minority piece of Money Nomad and I rolled out then the Money Nomad marketplace. So I work with them on, if you've ever submitted a business or anyone listening, that's, that's cool. eight, yeah, 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 yeah. thousand-ish and sounds, under. Yeah. You get kicked over to me. Um, you get the white glove service and all of that. Um, and then all the big stuff they, they handle. So that is what I do. Money Nomad, Money Nomad Marketplace, Yacht Broker. That is very, so what you just described is sort of how I found you, you know, because I, I think I originally started with Empire Flippers, right? Yep. And then, you know, they uh, referred me to you. Yep. Um, and then, you know, the rest, as they say, is history. Um, I'm curious to hear more about the the yacht flipping as well. How, how um, what, what is that business like? It sounds like it could be really fun, actually. It's a great industry. Um, you meet really awesome people, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business owners, you know, people that started business in their late 20s and they're now 50 or so and they're taking some money off the table and just going to enjoy life by buying i focus on fishing boats so we call them sport fishers and center consoles i don't do too much motor yacht stuff a little bit um, but i all my clientele wants to go fish wants to go to central america win tournaments things like that so i'm just a broker i don't actually buy the boats and flip them um say you owned a boat or a yacht you'd come to me i'd broker it and find the buyer much like I did with your website. Okay, got it, got it, got it. So you're not you're not actually doing like not you're not a house flipper and that you know yacht flipper and that house No. Okay. No, I that's way too cash intensive. So I'm basically yeah. a real estate agent but for boats. Okay. Okay. Well, and, well, I know when I buy my first yacht, I I know who I'm obviously going to turn to. Call me, I got the connections. <laughs> so in doing the bro the yacht brokerage, um, I do about $10 million a year in vessel transactions personally. Okay. It gave me a lot of business skills that translate over to Money Nomad Marketplace, such as just communication, pick up the phone and just calling someone, um, answering questions. But in the brokerage space, I think if you if you can just be communicative and just clear and concise and set expectations you're setting your clients up for success. Right. So, right. And that, that's what I, I learned from the boat stuff and translated it over. Yeah, exactly. And what you said too, about um, just picking up the phone, uh, whether it's, whether it's go calling or receiving, you know, yeah. there's, there's so much value in just having those conversations with people, having conversations with everyone Yeah, you know, that comes your way. You never really know where the conversations are going to lead. And totally. Um, and that is also true, I think, when, you know, in a B2B, you know, like, like uh, our marketing agency, whenever someone reaches out to us, just making sure we have that, you know, keep that conversation going. Yeah. Because it may not be that they need us right now. This may not be the best time, but maybe in three months or six months yeah. or a year, you know. And so um, it may, maybe never, but even if they never work with us, it's, you know, building these relationships with other people. Um you, you never know where those relationships are, are going to lead. Oh, and I've had relationships that have come to business fruition five or six years later. So, but, you know, if you, when someone comes to your agency, it's, in my opinion, it's all getting back to them like quickly, like that, that initial inquiry, get them on the phone, get an email, just let them know that their email or text didn't go into the abyss. Like, you know, so often it does. And, you know, people start setting themselves apart when they, you respond in a timely manner. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, Zapier is huge for that. Uh, okay. Okay. You know, because, uh, do you use Zapier at all? I don't. Okay. Um, it's, it's been, uh, very instrumental for us. It's a website. Are you familiar with it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You're familiar. With it. Okay. So, but it, it has been super instrumental for us in terms of being able to, when a lead comes in, we're able to respond right away. Mm -hmm. uh, they go into our, um, our basically our contact list, our CRM. Yeah. Um, we're able to. We have like sort of two different um, databases. They go into both of them automatically. Um, you know, we're able to send out an email right away, a text message right away. Yeah. Um, and so it, I, I know that when I, as a consumer, or when I'm on the other end of that, and I'm a potential lead for another business getting the those automated messages right away always means a lot to me because it's like yeah. okay you already have systems in place 
Sure. Not, yeah. Like you said, it's not going into the abyss. I'm I'm feeling seen, heard immediately. Yes. You know. Yes. And, and another thing that I've learned through all of this and the sales, regardless of what sales you're in, is doing what you say you're going to do. Mm-hmm. So it's as simple as if you tell someone you're going to call them Wednesday at noon, call them Wednesday at noon. Even if you don't have an update, just say, I'm calling you to give you an update that I don't have an update, but I said I'd call you. Or, hey, I'll send you that PDF tonight. Well, actually send it tonight and don't do it tomorrow morning. Right. If you right. can't send it tonight, don't say it tonight. Say tomorrow morning. But just exactly. do what you say you're going to do and you'll have a client for life. I, yeah, I, I agree with that. And I, I see that again on both sides, both as, uh, you know, as the agency and as a client, you know, trying to um, be realistic about expectations with people, but also I I want the expectations to be realistic for me, you know, from, from the other side. And then to have uh, those expectations be, you know, delivered. It makes such a difference. Um, Well, like I said, you know, I've had the pleasure of working with you personally when selling, you know, my own website. Um, I'd love for you to share with our listeners some unique challenges or strategies that you apply or utilize when you're brokering deals. It doesn't have to be a website, but it could be the yacht. It could be anything. You know, the probably the biggest challenge is just coming to the terms of the deal that are fair and equitable to both parties. That typically seems to be the most challenging and the back and forth and whether it's a yacht deal or website deal, just ironing ironing out. Okay. Purchase price is one thing, but also, you know, when the money's in escrow, who gets some of the income? Because sometimes these websites are generating a serious amount of income. So that couple weeks of migration, whose money is that? On the yacht side of things, property tax um, that's billed annually by the county. Is that prorated? Is it not? That can be... $30,000 a year. Um, So it can be real money. Uh, Things like that. And that's what I get really excited about is navigating these intricacies. I think anybody can say, okay, the purchase price is this. That's easy. But it's how do you package up everything else, all the everything else encompassing. Right. All of the the things that people don't think about when they're like, I'm going to sell my yacht. You know, (laughs) it's like, and, and if I wasn't on top of the property tax thing, you wouldn't, you sold, you sell your boat today. Your property tax bill doesn't come until January 1st, right? But January 1st comes and you're hit with a bill for 10 months of a boat you didn't own. Now you're ticked. It can be a lot of money. So I, I guess by just doing good work, you're able to get ahead of these situations and just get them solved right out of the gate. Yeah. Do you have a, a checklist that you run through whenever, when it comes to, you know, the, the, building out all of those intricacies yeah i do i have a checklist for both the websites brokerage and and the boats and yachts like in your contract i had clearly put that any of the income generated during migration was your income the sellers right cool that answers that question we solved it it's not an issue that just one small example yeah no absolutely and when you when you were talking about i remember that i was like oh i remember he put that in our contract so it's getting those questions or issues answered before the question or issue even arises. Yep. Yeah. For seeing a problem and jumping on it before it becomes a problem. Right. But really the only way to, that I've been able to do that is I have, these have become problems for me in the past and I learned, okay, I need to get ahead of this next time. So the first two years of brokering anything is really eye opening. Uh, oh yeah. Cause there's all these unknowns. There's all these, you know, black swans. You don't know what you mm-hmm. don't know. And that can be uh, it can be make or break sometimes. It can. So that's a challenge. Um, and dealing with personalities can be challenging. Um, some people are really easy to work with. Some people are super anxious. Um, you have to be a little bit of a therapist, psychologist, quite frankly, when you're in brokerage sales. Um, and that's also rewarding when you get the deal done and you're able to get both personalities like handled. Right. And I, I agree. I think, I think in a lot of businesses, you sort of have to be life coach, you know, mm-hmm. therapist, you put on the life coach hat, you know, yeah. or, or the counselor hat because people are fully fledged human beings. They're not, one-dimensional caricatures you know they all have a full life that they're trying to live and and their own 
goals and desires and fears. And yeah. so that, you know, everyone's bringing all of that to the table every time. And it's, I think it's easy to forget that. Yeah. So, you know, so you saying, you know, you've got to put on the therapist hat, like that's, we see that as, as a marketing agency too, because we're trying to help people grow their specifically, you know, for our niche, their ticket sales primarily, yeah. you know, or, or, or event registrations. So mm-hmm. they put their heart and soul into, if they're the artist, you know, getting a show for themselves, this may be one of their first massive shows, you know, or yeah. if they're a, a, a tour or concert promoter, they have, they may have a whole roster of clients that they're, you know, trying, trying to, to grow into the next big thing. So mm-hmm. they're, you know, they've put, you know, all of their energy behind it. And sometimes those emotions can, can show up and that's natural, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I think, you know, I think in, in a lot of businesses where you're a mediator between either two sides or between, you know, for, for marketing, you know, between the person and the sale, yeah. you know, it's not necessarily two people you're dealing with, but you're dealing with one person who's trying to garner revenue. And it's also my job to keep the emotion out of it because right. there's already emotion on both sides. Exactly. I don't need to have emotion in, in regard to, you know, um, causing more drama or anything like that. It's just now I need to navigate it. You know, one thing that I have found as I've gotten older and doing this is getting right into if, if I know I have to make a hard phone call. So if I have to tell somebody bad news or hard to deliver news, I always pick up the phone. I don't text it. I don't email it unless they want to be texted. And I move that to the front of my schedule. I make that the first thing I do at 9 a.m. is get that hard conversation out of the way. And I don't have to think about it the rest of the day. And typically that conversation is not as bad as you think it will be in your head. You know, you, you work it up more in your head as being worse. Um, but anyways, I try to get that done first and I can have a much more productive day. Yeah, I, I love that. I uh, My dad always encouraged me to have um, difficult conversations either in person or on the phone. You yep. know, not, yep. not texting or not emailing. You know, I remember... Once um, when I um, was in, in, in high school and I had decided that I was going to shift my pursuits from, from sports into more of the performance side, because that's my background. Yeah. And he was like, well, if you're not going to be on this, on this team, you know, you need to go talk to the coach. So I went down to the school and went in person and yep. talked to the coach, you know, face to face. And I thought, and it's like you said, you always think it's going to be so much harder than it is. Yeah. It's not that it was easy, but you feel a lot better if you'll have those conversations, those harder conversations. And you get the respect oftentimes of that person, even if you're not working with them anymore or whatnot, but you got the respect and who knows, like you said, where that relationship goes to in the future. Right, 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 right. Exactly. Um, This is neither here nor there, but I saw a TikTok yesterday. This guy was like, you know, I always wake up and, you know, he said, I always schedule my hardest things for the morning. And then my easy task for the afternoon. And when I wake up at 1 p.m., all I have to do is the easy stuff. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, that's, that's so perfect. I love that. <laughs> um, so um, my next question is, is sort of related. You know, when, when someone comes to you um, and they're considering trying to sell their business, you know, they're thinking, like, I've got my – I've been working in this business now for – couple of years or maybe a decade or, you know, like you said, maybe it's a lot longer, maybe it's 20, yeah. 20 25 years. What are uh, some of the key factors that, you know, you consider when guiding them through that decision of whether they should even, you know, sell their business at all? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. So unfortunately, a lot of people come to me after they're already burnt out on their business and they've already let the traffic and or revenue start to slip over probably the previous year or so. I, so I find it takes a year for someone to really stop wanting to invest in their business more because they have other opportunities or made enough money or whatever. And they come to me with an asset that's kind of declining. And it's such a bummer because it's like, man, if you'd come to me a year earlier or not let it slip, you could get an extra, you know, 20, 30, 40% um, and have a much more mm, desirable asset. So I, if, if you are thinking of selling your business, whether it's an online business or brick and mortar, or whatever, anyone listening, I would do it when you think it's at peak performance and before you're burnt out. Um, That's great advice. 
yeah, you just leave money on the table if you don't do that. And I get there's sometimes where you have to sell now and things like that. That's fine. But if you're trying to plan, plan to sell it when it when it's going up. Give that next buyer, leave a little bit of money on the table in terms of value, but give that next buyer some immediate equity day one and you'll have a much easier sale for yourself. That's fantastic advice. And I hope that anyone listening uh, takes that to heart because, you know, one of the things that Zach, you know, helped me with was realizing a different valuation for, you know, the project for the business that I had been working on because my, uh, because our marketing agency had really taken, um, has been, and really has, you know, has been taking off and, um, with our client roster, it made it really difficult to focus on that, that other business, you know? Um, and so, um, I, you know, that's, that's advice I wish I had had, you know, when I was working in that other business, it would have been really great to know. So I, I really hope that anyone that is listening to this right now, if you're at the, if you feel like you're at the crescendo of your business, uh, and you're thinking about selling, think you might want to sell, reach out to Zach. And here's a good example. I have an e-commerce, um, a print on demand e-commerce business with a partner of mine and probably 50 to 60% of that revenue is done in Q4 of the year. And we're getting ready to sell it, but it would be foolish to sell it in like January because we've taken all that money, put it in our pockets, but now the next person has to wait three quarters before they get that big revenue spike. So for us, we're going to sell it probably here this summer so that the buyer has a couple months of running it and then they're into Q4. And then they can get that money for themselves. We just think it's make it more attractive. Right. And it's also, it makes it more attractive, but in, in, in sort of person to person terms, that's a, that's a pretty selfless move. Actually. It's a very thoughtful move. I mean, if I was on the other side, that's what I would want. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's what you're putting, you're putting yourself in their shoes as opposed to, you know, thinking about what's maybe best for you. You're thinking, okay, how is this going to be best for the person I'm about to sell it to? Yeah. And, and if you truly want to sell for top dollar, I think you have to put on that, that thinking cap. Um, it's not the most you can get because you could, you could hold that money, but if it never sells or if it takes an extra year to sell, there's so much opportunity costs and things like that. Um, that you have to factor in. Right. Right. Do you think that when someone, let's say someone's listening to this podcast and thinking about starting a new business, mm-hmm. um, what are some, uh, you know, psychologically, um, do you think that it's uh, better or worse, or maybe, maybe maybe neither, to think about starting this next business with the intent to sell, even if you never do? I think that's great. Because if you have that intent, you're going to set up like own, it just very, in very simple terms, you're going to set up like dedicated email accounts just for that business. And you have no idea how just like those small acts of having dedicated accounts for the website or business are so that you can just hand them over to the next person makes both the broker's life easier, which isn't, that's not really that important because that's their job, but it makes your life easier and it makes a buyer just feel even more comfortable. That's turnkey. So yes, if you plan to sell, I think it's great because it makes you break it out of you and make it more, okay, how can I package this up at some point and hand it off more seamlessly? Right. And and to a degree, it also allows you to think um, more. I, I think it allows you to maybe think more expansively, not just I'm starting this business and I hope I make money from it. Yeah. But I'm starting this business and there are, you know, the, the road can fork. You, you have yeah. multiple options. You're not necessarily, you're not, I don't want to say it really this way, but you're not stuck with that business. Yeah, you know, no, you know, it's, it's it freeing. Out, you want to, you know, switch, switch it up. No, I think it's very freeing when you realize you're not tied to something potentially forever that maybe you're going to lose interest or passion on, which is fine. Um, one thing that I have found helpful for myself is, and I've told other people is, hey, if you have a goal, say, let's just call it a hundred thousand dollars. You need a hundred thousand to buy a house. Just reverse engineer it. Like, like multiples are at 32x roughly right now for an online business. So you take 100,000, divide it by 32. If you can get your online business to, I said the math, 3125 so $3,100 a month, you now have a $100,000 asset. And that $3,100 a month when you bite, make it a bite-sized amount, seems much more 
doable than building something to a hundred thousand in value. You know, thirty one hundred is a hundred bucks a day. Right. Your business is to profit. Great way to look at it. A hundred dollars a day. I think a lot of people are like, okay, I can do that rather than a hundred thousand. Wow, that's like that's mind blowing when you think about it. Because yeah, but because <laughs> everybody, you know, thinking about oh, I would love to have a hundred a hundred thousand dollars, but thinking about trying to build up to a hundred is is daunting. How do I ever mm-hmm. get there? But building to $100 a day feels a lot more doable. And start with $10 a day, then 20, then 50. And it will get to that point. Um, that's how I like to look at things in life and in business. So yeah. hopefully that helps and, somebody. And this is a little bit more of a nuts and bolts question, but for those listening who may be wondering, is that $3,100, let's say just for those numbers, is that $3,100 in gross revenue or does that need to be $3,100 of running profit? It needs to be in profit. Okay. Yeah. See, and that's and that's super helpful too, because then you go, okay, I know I need to get to X number of profit, and how yeah. much? What is my overhead? Okay, now I know what I need to do in gross rev. And if it's a content website, typically your expenses are pretty low. But right. if it's an e-commerce business, you know, if you're at twenty percent margins, obviously your revenues. Right. So, uh, but yes, that was just profit. But hey, if your business has a couple moats built around it, more revenue streams, you could get a forty x multiple. And now, now you probably only have to make, I don't know, $80 profit a day or whatever to get that same hundred thousand. Right. Right. So what a, what, what, what a cool, and, and I hope for others, definitely for me, a very eye-opening way of looking at whatever business you're working on right now, or, you know, for the entrepreneurs listening, or if you're ready to start a, start a second business or your very first one, maybe. And this holds true, whether it's brick and mortar or digital, um, all businesses are valued on some sort of multiple. Okay. What about, um, and this is going a little bit off script here, but in terms of uh, what if there's a freelancer listening? Have you ever, have you ever quote unquote sold a, uh, a freelance business, like sold a, sold a client list or something like that? I haven't. Okay. So if a freelancer is listening, the, I think the way that they would have to monetize it or to package it to sell, to sell they would have to remove themselves. Mm-hmm. And maybe the freelancer owns the company, but they delegate tasks to subcontractors right. or employees. Um, but if it's just a one-man operation, people are typically working with that person because it's them right. and not the brand. Right, right. Which okay. makes so it much harder to sell. The next step would then be, figure out a way to build systems that you can delegate out so that the, the umbrella is the company as opposed yep. to being just you. Yep. Basically figure out how to remove yourself from it and then you right. have something sellable. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. My next question then is, um, you know, as we've seen AI tools are just like running wild right now. Yeah. Um, and it's, and not just in entrepreneurship, but, but especially with text. Um, yes. which is going to affect uh, bloggers directly, indirectly, all of the above. I'm curious, mm-hmm. you know, what you think of this new AI world and in your opinion, you know, how, how can someone best leverage AI tools, whether it's to, to start a blog or to, um, or really any online business, but primarily I yeah. think more of a content business yep. um, or to grow it. And whether you think that AI is ultimately going to be a, a net positive or, or a net loss for, for content marketers. Ooh, it's good. Ooh, that's tough. Okay, yeah, that's a lot um, of questions. A lot of questions. So AI, I find it very interesting. Um, I think it will lead to some amazing discoveries in like the science field and biotech and things like that. Um, I think it will remove a lot of mundane jobs or mundane work you have to do. It can be outsourced to an AI in some way. So I'm really excited to see what it what it can bring. Um, I'm not worried about it, like eliminating content, content creators or things like that. And maybe, maybe it will, and we'll have to pivot, but, um, you know, that's, what's so great about being like entrepreneurs. We have to learn to pivot and things. Um, so with that being said, I don't think it's going to eliminate content writing. What I do think, and so Spencer Haas, who owns a big website called Niche Pursuits, he was just posting about it in his Facebook group. He's been writing a lot of content that's both AI and human. So the AI tool writes kind of the, the meat of the article, and then a human comes in, adds adds real human verbiage, ed- edits it, does edits, um, and then it gets published. And that content's ranking really well for him, he said. So I think 
having a mix of AI and real human personality and wordage um, is the key to success. And I think that makes a lot of sense. I, I think that, like you said, some of the more mundane tasks um, or even just some of the tasks that are time intensive that lead up to the creation of the content. And I'm I'm talking primarily about research or um, initial drafting of of outlines or sketches of ideas, things like that. And then the the human can come in with with that human skill and the human heart behind it and put that um, and not not just a spin, but like really infuse it with life, because as we know, you know, if we've been, you know, if you've been using ChatGPT, um, and I'm sure, you know, you probably have, and yeah. I have, or I know our listeners probably have, um, you know, a lot of that content that comes out doesn't, it, well, none of the content that comes out has a perspective, because the sure. system doesn't have a perspective. It's yep. just trying to put the right next word in in the sentence, in the right yeah. word. Um, so there is no perspective, but I think that that's the, the special sauce that can can create great content with something like ChatGPT is saying, okay, I need you to research this topic for me, you know, do an outline, whatever it is. And then here's the sketch. Now as a human, I can bring perspective to it. And I can say from the perspective of, you know, whoever it is, I'm trying to do lead gen, I'm trying to do e-com, you know, whatever the topic might be. Um, trying to sell a yacht, you know, bringing the perspective to it is so important. And and I I wonder if it will get to the point where it can pick up perspective. You know, I can tell it, hey, read Money Nomad, read every article on Money Nomad, and it can then pick up my tone. And I think that's one reason why like my content has done well is I write it not it's not all grammatically correct, and I kind of write like I speak, but it's easy to digest. So I bet the AI tools will be able to pick up that at some point um jasper i think it's jasper.ai something like that um that's right yeah yeah using that for images i think ai with graphic creation is going to be just game changing and give so much so many people more time back uh less time on photoshop and more maybe manipulating the ai tool yeah i i agree i've you know um we have been using uh, utilizing Midjourney um, on Discord, um, you know, for certain projects, and I think that uh, people. I think we're going to see a lot more of people starting with Midjourney, whether it's a designer or a business owner. Um, either either way, maybe starting with something like Midjourney, and then going, okay, again, sort of like with ChatGPT. Here's the idea. Now let's manipulate the graphic to be exactly what we want it to be. Yes, yes. So I think that will be big, especially for someone that's not a graphic designer, to be able to get something that's 90% polished. Uh, the average folk is huge. Yeah, exactly. And from your perspective, you know, what, you know, if someone is looking to start a business that's listening right now, Mm-hmm. What, what would you recommend? I know it's young and it's new and it's nascent, but you know, from your perspective right now and your experience, how, how can someone best utilize these tools to get started with, you know, entrepreneurship? I, I you know, I'm going to relate it to content websites. You have you have a tool that can just maximize your content output, and the name of the game when you're trying to rank a website is content and figuring out which articles are going to rank. And if you can do mass content production, that's quality content, you will be able to rank for keywords and kind of figure out your niche and then just double down in that segment that's raking really well. Right, right. And that's your question? It abs 100%. And that's actually, that's the answer I was expecting. I think that um, being able to massively scale content production for, um, for a niche blog and is going to chat GPT is going to really change the game with that. And I think we will also be able to see, um, you know, potentially even, you know, further niching down, you know, as, as some of these higher level things um, maybe are are saturated over time with the massive output, you know, people want the nitty gritty people want, you know, communities want nitty gritty. You yes. know, and I keep, you know, coming back to the yacht example, just because, you know, that's what you work in. But like, you know, the yachting community knows way more about yachts 
they, they've forgotten more about yachts than I will ever know about <laughs> yachts. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, totally. So it's, it's, it's one of those where it's like, I think communities will be able to um, have uh, more niched conversations based on, and no, more niched research and more niched reading based mm-hmm. on um, this, you know, massive content production, potentially. Most definitely. Yeah. So I'm excited for the future of AI, quite frankly. Yeah, we, we are too. I've, I've always been a sort of techno futurist. Um, you know, when I, I, when I was in like third grade, we were tasked with like drawing our ideal house. Have I told you this story? Uh-uh. And um, I drew this like giant computer and like every room was a computer and like, Sweet. you know, so I was like, even, even like, you know, back when I was like, you know, eight, nine, 10, whatever years old, I was like a house that's a computer. That would be awesome. You know, and, and now look, we're smart houses. Now, what'd you say? Smart houses and all that. Stuff, that's so. what I was going to say. It's basically smart house. Um, the, the equivalent of what we would today call a smart house, but it's, yeah. and I think that AI is going to, it's going to revolutionize all that stuff too. Yeah. The ability for it to, your, your, for your house to sort of like know, you know, to anticipate your needs in a, in a new way, which I don't even know what that looks like yet, but I think it's going to be yeah. cool. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm ready for it. So yeah, me too. <laughs> we'll stand by to stand by. Right, right, right. Exactly. Exactly. We're in a holding pattern. Um, so in the world of uh, business brokerage or, or content marketing or, you know, the things that you have experience with, you know, how important have you found it to keep up with online trends or developments? Um, you know, so AI is a big one, obviously. Yeah. It's hard to ignore that one. Yeah. Um, but but maybe um, you can think of it, don't have to think of it in terms of AI, just like in terms of online trends, developments, you know, how important have has that been for you? And, yeah. and, and how have you kept up with them? Yeah, that's a good question. Man, you got some good questions. Okay, uh, you're making me think. Thank you. (laughs) So, online trends. I try not to inundate myself with... with, It seems like there's always something new and another way to make money, like, every single day. And I try to not get involved and go down those paths because you typically they're more of a distraction. But here's a good example. So, every year, Empire Flippers publishes a uh, state of the... Uh, industry report that gives us the recap of their previous year sales. And one of the things in that report was that KDP businesses are up astronomically year over year um, in their buying and selling, which means more people are selling or starting KDP businesses, um, which is Kindle Direct Publishing for anyone that's um, listening that doesn't know. Um, So that's a really good trend that that I think I should just be made aware of. It doesn't mean that I'm going to go start a KDP business tomorrow, but it's just something to be aware of. Um, I follow a couple SEO newsletters that go out like once a week that just give some, honestly, they're, they're, they're mostly screenshots of Twitter threads. Twitter, some people on Twitter drop some major knowledge bombs. I'm not on Twitter, but these SEO newsletters kind of combine it all. And I can just read through, um, like Twitter, like they became open source, Twitter itself. And so one guy was breaking down like the ranking algorithm. Um, not that that's a trend, but it was just interesting to take 30 seconds and read it because I'm sure the Google algorithm and all the algorithms kind of were somewhat similar. Um, but man, if you went on YouTube and I'm sure you could find all these different little Shopify things or whatever on YouTube right now that were just published. And uh, yeah, I try to I try to ignore those as much as possible and focus on the high level trends. Uh, Morning right. Brew. I also I don't know if you subscribe to Morning Brew. They're a business newsletter. I know of it. I know of it. Yeah. Just bite sized pieces. Just right. you know, I don't really watch the news or anything, but I like to just have a one sentence. Okay, what's going on? And just try to be up to speed. Right. Right. That makes sense. It absolutely makes sense. It's a great great answer. Um, in addition to Morning Brew, do you have any other recommendations for those uh, SEO newsletters? Yeah, Sean, I, you know what? I actually just got one. Sean Markey. Okay. Um, Sean Markey. I think that's how you say his last name. Okay. And it's called the the SEM Daily. Okay. Um, SEM at substack.com. Oh, it's a substack. Um, okay, very cool. Yeah, it's a substack. So he dropped some really good things. Some some of it's his own um, nuggets, and then others, it's like I said, he pulled it off Twitter or whatever and just shares it with his community. So and I believe Morning Brew is free, and I think his newsletter is free as well. Okay, okay, that's awesome. 
Um, I know what I'm going to be subscribing to as soon as, <laughs> as soon as we're done. I'm going to be, um, yeah, because I love being able to get. I don't want to be inundated with information, but I love having yeah. um, an expert uh, sort of do some of that sifting. You know, sure. um, yeah. you know, sifting through the information and and then again, sort of going back to what we we're talking about with you know the AI. You know, you can do a search on Google. You can ask ChatGPT to give you an answer, Bing or whatever. But there's something I think really special about having a, a human go in and say, "These are the things that I think actually are important." There's yeah. a lot happening, but here are the things. Here are the three things that are the nuggets or whatever it is out of the thousand that were published yesterday. Yeah. No, no, I, 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 it's great to have that perspective and a, um, an industry, someone that's knowledgeable in the industry to sift through and, okay, here's exactly what you need to know. Kind of on the same point, when I was starting my website journey in like 2016, 17, I was having like information overload. And honestly, I just followed Hrefs YouTube channel and their blog, uh, their competitor, like SEM rush, um, Everybody, and, and there's like Neil Patel, all these guys that even Spencer's website. And I literally am like, okay, if I just keep consuming content and stuff, I'm just, I'll never start. And everyone's going to say a different thing. It's all kind of conflicting. It, it all works. It all gets you there. It's like, what do you do? And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go with Hrefs. And that was all the content I choose to consume and follow. And, you know, if it wasn't for their content, I don't think you and I'd be speaking today. Wow. Yeah. And I, you know, it's interesting that you say that because I think for me, one of the uh, most instrumental um, people for me in terms of learning from him was Brandon, Brandon Gailey. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, he, he hosts the blog millionaire podcast yeah. and, you know, he has um, a service called rank IQ mm -hmm. um, and uh, you know, he has courses and I, discovered him through his podcast. And then over time was like, you know, I've gotten so much information from him. I'm going to, you know, I'm actually going to dive into the podcast. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm going to take the step away from the podcast and dive into his course. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I looked up his course and it was not cheap. Um, but I looked at the value and I, you know, talked to my wife and at the time, and this was, this was years ago. So like, um, you know, we didn't have the agency, we didn't have the revenue we have now. And so it was a, it was a really big call to yeah. be like, all right, I'm going to invest these, you know, hundreds of dollars in a course, like I had never done it before. And yeah. um, so I did that at the time. And, you know, I got access to his Facebook group and all that stuff. And so having his information, a human, you know, mm -hmm. build out this information for based on his perspective, because like you said, everyone's going to conflict, but I knew based on what he had done that he got there. So if I could recreate what he had done, um, I could get there too. And without yeah. him, I don't know that we'd be speaking, you know, so there's yeah. these people who are instrumental in our lives that you know, we may never actually meet face to face, but. And you funneled it down to one source of really content and inspiration. And I think that is key. Um, I think a lot more people would find success if they did that. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, uh, my next question is, you know, what what is your, if you if you feel like you have one, like the number one secret sauce website or app tool uh, that you use more than any other in your day to day life? It's Ahrefs. Okay. All right. Yeah. You're good it's, to it. It's, yeah. If you're in the website space and you don't have an Ahrefs subscription, uh, I think you have to have one. I've never used SEM Rush. Um, Ahrefs is great. Okay. And I've heard good things about it. I've consulted people and seen them. You yeah. Know, SEM Rush is great. Ahrefs, is, I, think I think they're both great tools. Um, yeah. I think it depends a little bit on preference almost more than anything else when it comes down to those two because they are yeah. so similar. In my it's, it's like Ford and Chevy. Um, yeah, both, exactly. both are, I think, are incredible. I'm just an Ahrefs guy. Right. If it wasn't for them, like I said, we wouldn't be talking. Money Nomad would not be where it is. Yeah. I, you know, shout out Ahrefs. Yeah, right. Exactly. This is not sponsored by them, but it is not. They one day, hey, sponsor me one day. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, so speaking of Money Nomad, where do you see yourself with or, or Money Nomad in the next, you know, year and a half, two years, 18 to 24 months? I would really like to get it to a point where the marketplace is brokering about a million dollars in website value per year. Okay. So not not a million dollars in commission, but a million dollars in in the value of the businesses sold. So that's that's my goal. Um, 
I don't work on it full time. It's really just a passion thing more. So I like helping buyers and sellers. Um, I have, I've thought about hiring a team and, and trying to build it up more. Um, I don't really do any advertising. It's all word of mouth and things like that. So, but I think a million dollars a year in sales would be a nice milestone. Yeah, that's that's an awesome milestone. And the fact that you've achieved all the success and growth that you have basically through word of mouth or Empire Flippers or whatever it is. I mean, yeah, that's really cool. That's that's, you know, because obviously anytime someone asks me, you know, hey, I have a website, I'm going to be like, go to Zach. You know, like the word of mouth is so strong. Well, thank you. I'd appreciate that. Yeah. So it's been Empire Flippers word of mouth, um, my email list and a couple of podcast things that I've done and that, and that's really it. Wow. So, yeah, but how, how did you your email list out of curiosity? What was your, what has been your main, uh, driver for subscribers there? I have a couple, um, giveaway or not giveaways, but like you, you can sign up and you get like a PDF. I think one's like a seven step PDF on how to build a website. Okay. Um, that's a great, and then some other yeah. PDFs you can, um, subscribe and, and get. Okay. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Lead yeah. Off. Continue to be like one of the number one ways. Give yeah. something away for free. You know, there's this a little bit of a transaction, at, you know. And I try to make sure what they're getting is actually like you can actually get value out of it. Right. It's not just a, you know, a crappy document. It actually. Right, right, right. Exactly. It's my true <laughs> thoughts and how I go about and look at it. Right, right. Um, and I think no, that that's the, the also, lead magnets I've gotten that are, you know, ebooks, like full on, you know, yeah. you can get a lot of value out of them. One of my, uh, one of my giveaways is a, um, website buyers checklist so if you're looking to buy a website uh, i walk through my thought process in every area and i think it's like six to eight pages long of bullet points um so that's been a good driver of you know um potential clients yeah and that's a massive amount of value having, yeah. you know six to eight pages of this checklist like that's that's the kind of thing again that if you were to just try to search on google or whatever like you may not come up with that in a month of research, but absolutely having immediate access to it is so cool. Yeah. Um, well, that is, that's all for the for the hard hitting questions. Okay. Um, but uh, I I um, have a lightning round here at the end of just kind of fun silly questions. Um, this is a, an idea that I totally stole from the podcast. What's your problem? Um, I don't know if you've ever listened to it, but it's a I've not. Oh, it's a fantastic podcast. Um, uh, it's Jacob Goldstein hosts it. And, um, he's a guy that used to be with planet money on NPR, which I was, you know, have been addicted to forever. Um, and he left and started, what's your problem where he talks to entrepreneurs trying to solve really unique issues. Interesting. Um, yeah. And so, um, huh. I highly recommend it, but at the end of every episode, he always does what he calls a lightning round where it's just like, you know, a bunch of questions that are just like, you don't know what you're going to be asked, but they're also like really not serious. <laughs> Let's do it. Bring it on. All right. First, coffee or tea? Tea. Tea. Okay. Yeah. I don't drink coffee. Oh, no, no coffee. I get up in the morning. I, I do a lot of fishing. I'll have to get up like three o'clock in the morning. You know what it is? My coffee is brushing my teeth. If I brush my teeth, I'm awake and I am good to go. Wow. It's kind of weird. I know, but it's not weird. It's, it's like, a superpower. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> the Oh, that's awesome. Uh, favorite city you've ever visited. Ooh, uh, Bologna, Italy. Oh, wow. Oh, my wife and I want to go to Italy so bad. It's incredible. If you like good food and pasta and um, meats and things love and it. Uh, great architecture. Yo, oh my God. All right. Uh, you're making me just making me want to go a bit more. <laughs> um, one book every entrepreneur should read. $100 million offers by Alex Hermosi. $100 million um, offers by Alex Hermosi. Yeah, he's okay. fairly new on like the social media scene. A couple of years, really blown up over a million subscribers now on YouTube. Okay. I think a million on Instagram. Great book. 99 wow. cents on Amazon if you get the Kindle version. Okay. I, no joke, read the book in the course of a couple of days. Sure. Implemented it to a T for a digital product. And I sold about $15,000 in like two weeks. Wow. Like that, that was almost pure profit. You know, probably 14000 of that was profit. Wow. Purely because I followed the book. So, and I'm right. like, let's see if this guy's actually like, if his stuff's legit. It's legit and real. It's legit. Yeah. Did okay, I, well, I, I, I will link to it in the show notes. notes. I will link to yeah, it in the show notes. 
so hundred million dollars offer. I created the product one Sunday morning. It took me about five hours. Okay. Um, in- incredible book. Great return on investment. You can't wow. afford not to do it for ninety nine cents. Ninety nine cents to fifteen thousand. I'd say that's pretty good. <laughs> pretty good ROI. So, I'm telling everybody to read it, and I and I I now have the paper version that I read just a few times over and over in different chapters and stuff. That's so. I love that. I love hearing about books like that. Okay, uh, good. Well, I think I may know the answer to this question. What's the first thing you do when you wake up? <laughs> first thing I do, I actually check my emails, and I try okay. to just okay. knock, I try to get the email box down to zero as as quick as possible, or just to one or two. Um, Makes me feel better. Do you, use a, do you use a special app or just like mail? Mac mail. Mac mail, same. Or Apple mail or whatever they call it. Always, always a Mac mail guy. Yep. Um, if you could have dinner with any historical figure, who would it be? You don't have to say why, just who. Any historical figure? Mm-hmm. Uh, George Washington? That's a great answer. Okay. I love that. I read I read a biography uh, of him um, a couple years ago that was just fascinating. It's yeah, fascinating. I'd um, have so many. I'd have so many questions. So many questions. I know, right? Um, what is uh, one item that you couldn't live without? Can't be your iPhone. I, um, I love to fish. So, like, okay. uh, my fishing rods or fishing my rod. yeah, yeah, yeah. Your, your fishing gear. I feel like yeah, that, my fishing that, gear. Yeah, that is like an item. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, a packet. Yep. Um, uh, if you had never gone into online businesses, what do you think? You what profession do you think you would have done? I actually turned down a job offer from Google um, to go work in sales okay. uh, when I was coming out of college. So I think I would be big. I would hope to be in big tech yeah. doing sales of some sort. Right. But I don't think I'd be happy doing it. Were you in uh, was the Google offer in sales? Was it like a sales really? It was. Offer? Okay. I started as a programming, um, as a actually programming uh, interview. I think I bombed it. It was the most brutal, like six hours of interviews ever. Oh. Pretty sure I bombed it, but they're like, hey, we think you'd be a great fit over in the sales. Right. And they basically said, hey, we want to hire you, but you have to move to Ann Arbor, Michigan. And I live in San Diego. I, no way. That difference in temperature? So I would have been fine if it was Northern California. I probably would have done it, but yeah. it was a blessing in disguise that I said no and kept being able to do all these things. Right. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. <laughs> um, what is your favorite way to unwind? So we talked about the beginning of the day. What about, you know, the, how do you unwind at the end of the day? Um, I like playing MLB the show. Uh, oh, yeah. on Xbox. Are you on, do you play the, are you on the newest version or is there like a I am. year that you like? Nope, I'm on the 2023. 2020. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Cool. So, so that's fun. Um, PS5 or Xbox? I'm an Xbox guy. Xbox guy. Okay. People have so much crap, and I was like, oh, play- you gotta have PlayStation. But I'm just, I love Microsoft stuff. Uh, I get so that. I'm an Xbox guy. I get that. I've I've become a I've become a PlayStation guy. Um, I was a Nintendo guy forever, but I lo- I, I do I do love being able to play, um, you know, Call of Duty and all that kind of good stuff. <laughs> I yep. did do a lot of Warzone with the boys back during COVID. Absolutely. Um, Warzone 2, I don't think is that good. Okay. I miss Verdansk and Warzone 1. Okay. Um, so anyways, I don't really do Warzone anymore. Right, 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 right. But I appreciate it. Um, what is one business trend? I know we talked about trends earlier, but what's one business trend that's happening right now that you're really excited about? <laughs> You know, I mentioned on the KDP stuff. I think right. that has a lot of potential. I've sold a couple KDP businesses recently. Wow. You still, uh, you still think it has room? It, it oh, has yes. a or anything? No, I think there's a lot of opportunity. And wow. I mean, I just. Nonfiction or both? Uh, mostly non. That's what I thought. Mostly nonfiction. Mostly like kind of how to's. Um, yeah. How to be a good chess player. Uh, how to do small business taxes, things like that. Mm-hmm. But. There is some serious money to be made pretty passively, especially if you can outsource the writing. Right. Um, right. And, and Amazon ads, whether it's FBA or KDP, are really easy to run. I think much more intuitive than ad words. Um, so I, I think if you're trying to have an online business, maybe venture in the KDP route. Wow. That's cool. And for people listening who maybe have, you know, they were maybe thinking a blog, you know, KDP is sort of another way of doing that in a way. And then you can also buy KDP. So if you have some extra money sitting around, consider buying a KDP business, you know, yeah. whether from me or private party or empire. Sure, sure, of course. But you can have immediate revenue day one, which wow. really helps the momentum. Yeah, that's great. 
Oh, I love that. That's cool. Um, all right. Last question. Um, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Probably to fly. Yeah. Well, I thought about getting my pilot's license last year. I did a, um, a like a, a discovery flight. I don't know. It was cool, but I think just be able to fly whenever I wanted would be pretty, pretty awesome. That would be so cool. I mean, you know, I think there's a reason that we all gravitate toward like Superman. Yeah. You know, like yeah. just the ability for even without his other superpowers, you know, even without the laser, the x-ray, the bulletproof, whatever, like his ability to just fly. Like, think, you know what? I want to go to Tahiti. Want it. Yeah. Just fly to Tahiti or something like that. I think that'd be cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking long distance, but you're so right. Like, it's not just like going across town. It's like being able to fly across the world. And then you don't need like a private jet, you know, how much money that could save you and things like that. Right. Perfect. Oh, wow. That's awesome. If there were enough <laughs> flying people, I'm sure Jeff Bezos would want to turn them into a uh, deliverer too. <laughs> I think so. 100%. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, Zach, thank you so much. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation and I learned a lot. And so, I, and I hope that our, our listeners did, did as well. Well, again, thank you for the opportunity to come on. I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation as well. Um, if anybody has any questions, they can email me Zach, Z-A-C-H at moneynomad.com. Um, but yeah, shoot me an email. If you have literally any questions, anything we talked about, I'll give me my two cents, whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent. Um, but it was really, really fun talking with you. Awesome. Awesome. And in, in addition to your email, any, any socials that, uh, people you'd prefer people to follow you on or, or anything like that? Or most no, I mean, I don't do any social stuff for Money Nomad. Okay. Um, I got I'll Zach Zorn on Instagram if you'd like to see fish and things like okay, that. Okay. <laughs> uh, but no, nothing. I don't talk about the business stuff really publicly on social media. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Which makes it all the more impressive with your success. <laughs> <laughs> to do it completely outside of the social media bubble. So that's really cool. I appreciate um, it. Again, thank you so much, Zach, uh, for being here. This was super awesome. And maybe in uh, another year, uh, we'll bring you back on and see how things are going with Money Nomad. Let's do it. And I then I want to also hear about how the agency is like, I don't know, top 500 in the nation or something like that. <laughs> and then hey, you've gone to Italy. A kid and... can dream. Yeah, exactly. And I'll tell you about our, our Bologna, Italy trip. Perfect. Awesome. Thanks so much, Zach. I'll talk to you later. Have a good rest of your week. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, folks, I hope that you enjoyed that interview with Zach Zorn as much as I did. I know that I learned a ton with his experience. He has so much to share, and I am so grateful to him and so honored that we were able to have him on as our very first interview guest in what I aim to be a long line of wonderful interview guests. If you have any questions about anything that we talked about as far as it relates to marketing, please, please book a call with me or anyone on my team. You can do that for free on our website at copywriterly.com. You can book a call with myself or with one of our account managers, and we would love to talk to you about anything that you're doing as far as it relates to marketing. As you may know, our niche is the event space. So we primarily help people that are promoting concerts or festivals, events, musicians and performers, people like that, but we can help anyone grow their business. So if you are looking to sell more tickets or grow your business revenue month after month, we can help you do that, whether it's branding, social media, Facebook and Instagram ads, finding out what in the world TikTok is, we can help you do that. So book a call with us. Again, it's completely free, no strings attached. This is my shameless plug. So I really appreciate you sticking around to hear it. As far as the podcast goes, please rate and review. You know how far that can go. If you haven't subscribed yet, please go ahead and smash that subscribe button. I would love to have you around for all of our weekly interviews. That's the goal. The goal is weekly. Again, guys, thank you so much for being here. You can follow us on all the socials at solo.to slash copywriterly, and it's got all of our socials. So if you have a specific social that you use the most, whether it's Twitter or Instagram or TikTok or YouTube or Facebook, whatever it is, 
You can find all of our socials right there on our Solo 2 page. But you don't even need to remember that because it is down in the show notes. So if you pop down to the description, you can not only see our Solo 2 page with all of our socials, but you can go straight to the website and Zach Zorn's website is also on there. So if you're interested in talking more to him about potentially selling or buying or starting a business, I know that he would love to speak with you. Like I said before in the intro, he has become a very trusted peer for me and I cannot recommend his services highly enough. He is just awesome, as you heard in the podcast. So you don't even have to take my word for it. You heard it straight from him. Thank you guys again so much for being here. I hope you got as much out of it as I did, and I can't wait to see you in the next episode.